Ryan Burrow, and on this week's Quest for Gold, uh-oh, Team USA men's basketball's winning streak snapped at 78. The team falling to Australia in a warm-up to the upcoming FIBA World Cup. It's the team's first loss in any major international tournament or exhibition since 2006 when they lost to Greece in the World Championship semifinals. Head coach Greg Popovich. The loss means that we need to play better. And, you know, it's a measure of who you are. Nobody wins forever. Uh, This is a group of guys that's worked very hard, like I said, to get to know each other and to get to know a system. And whatever comes, we can handle. The FIBA World Cup begins Saturday. The U.S. is the favorite. This week, the team announcing its roster, which only includes one former Olympian, Harrison Barnes. He won gold in Rio and one NBA All-Star, Kemba Walker. We're going to continue to get better. You know, this is a team that, that's just coming together. You know, we're going to keep working, watch some film, and just get better for next game. On the pitch, the U.S. women's national team blanking Portugal 4-0 in a friendly in Philadelphia. But all the buzz was about Carly Lloyd, who was seen on video nailing a 50 five-yard field goal at Philadelphia Eagles training camp. Next thing I know I've gotten in the car and it's gone completely viral and it's gone completely crazy in these last couple of weeks but um, it's good news you know I think it's it started the conversation um, at first I was kind of laughing about it but after speaking with my husband and you know close family and friends at home um, I think anything's possible and, and I think I'd be foolish to, to maybe not entertain the idea of potentially doing it. Um, I know that there's some challenges and, you know, there's big men on the line. I get that. I'm not naive to that. Uh, but I'm not trying to be a quarterback or a running back, you know. It's it's kicking field goals. Um, I think with the right technique, the right practice, uh, getting that two-step down, um, I think, you know, I think I can do it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying that I can do it. A big announcement from three-time Olympic medalist Lindsey Vaughn in her NHL playing boyfriend, P.K. Subban. So he finally popped the question. If you like it, then you put a little Rizzy on it. Okay, that's not... Oh. That was your post. Okay. That's not my post. All right, cool. So... I said yes. You did. So I'm locked down. Finally. You're locked down. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Other tidbits and notes from this week. Olympic gymnastics medalist Danelle Leva wowed on his last appearance at American Ninja Warrior, somehow managing to pull himself up after slipping off of one of the obstacles. He did not finish, but you can find the highlights on YouTube. And the 24-year-old brother of Olympic gold medal gymnast Simone Biles has been charged in the deaths of three people following an argument in Cleveland on New Year's Eve. Tevin Biles Thomas, who is with the U.S. Army, was arrested in Georgia this week. He's the only person who's been arrested in the case. With the U.S. Open underway in New York, our sports spotlight this week is USA Tennis. The top four internationally ranked U.S. women and men will be sent to Japan in 2020 to compete in the singles tournaments. There will also be two doubles teams per gender and two mixed doubles teams. Let's go out to New York and Brian Clark with U.S. Open Radio. What are some of the storylines that are going on uh, You know, while the U.S. Open is underway? Is there anything that kind of sticks out? Anything people are talking about? Well, it's been the stuff that's stuck out for the last decade plus. And on the women's side, U.S. Open in New York, that means Serena Williams. All eyes are on her every time she takes the court. She's got the 23 Grand Slam titles. She's trying to erase the memory of what happened in the final here last year when she was beaten by Naomi Osaka, but also had that incident with chair umpire Carlos Ramos where she was docked a game. So Serena's always the storyline when she plays. And then on the men's side, it is the big three. 
of Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, and Rafael Nadal because these three just continue to pull away from everybody else. There's a really talented group of up-and-coming young players on the men's side, but they have not been able to solve these three at the top of the game. It seems when you look at the Williams sisters, Serena's star continues to shine very, very bright. Venus, maybe not so much lately. I, I saw not only did she bow out of the U.S. Open a little bit earlier, her rankings aren't that great. She wouldn't qualify for the Olympics under where she's at right now. Yeah, but with all that said, she's 39 years old. So in many ways, that is remarkably impressive, especially when you consider it's been almost 10 years since she was diagnosed with what's called Sjogren's Syndrome. It's this immune disorder where it saps your energy and makes it really hard to do anything, especially play professional tennis. Player she lost to is Alina Svitolina, who's the fifth seed here. She's one of the best players in the world, so there's no real shame in that. Uh, Venus absolutely rolled in her first-round match, and there was a really... Um, you know, there's been new attention on her just because she's still here at 39. She'll be 40 next year. And she said, just, I am still playing at a high level. I love what I do. Why stop? So I think it's, she's, you know, almost a sentimental favorite among a lot of people. They love seeing her still out there and still competing. So it doesn't seem like, and she's given no indication that that's going to stop anytime soon. How have the Americans been faring so far? Are there any kind of uh, bright spots, uh, maybe some up-and-comers? We start with Coco Goff. She's 15 years old from the United States. She beat Venus Williams at Wimbledon 6-4, 6-4 a couple of weeks ago in straight sets. And the team around her is really taking great pains to manage her workload and the expectations. Yeah, you see her face. She's got a, a couple endorsement contracts. She's playing here in some of the featured matches. But they are very careful to try not to give it to her too fast or bring on too much and she's still limited in terms of the number of tournaments she plays because the future is very very bright for her so she is the main talking point especially on the women's side then on the men's side and this really extends to the whole summer you've got this group of american men these young guys riley opelka he's six foot eleven uh taylor fritz who's a really well-rounded player from california francis tiafo is the son of um, immigrants from Africa. So these are great stories. His father helped build a tennis center in Washington. So he was brought up essentially around the game. And that's how he fell into tennis. Those stories, that's kind of the next hope of American tennis. Different results with some of those guys bowing out in the first round, like Fritz Opelka was beaten in the second round. But there is a lot of buzz around some of these young Americans. Is this kind of a cool time for American tennis right now? Because you see these budding young people and you know, three, four, five years from now, these are going to be the new faces? Well, it's an interesting question because you don't want to put that kind of pressure on them. It's now been barring a big run here from somebody. It's been 16 years since an American man won a major. That was Andy Roddick here in 2003. Um, so on the men's side, they've been hesitant to put that kind of pressure on them. But on the women's side, you can certainly say that about golf and about um, Sophia Kennan, who has really had a nice year. Amanda Anisimova, who tragically is not here because her father passed away suddenly just before the tournament. But these are two teenagers from the United States. Uh, Katie McNally, she's 17 years old. She took a set from Serena Williams in the second round the other night. So there is a lot of uh, promise on the American side, especially among the women. For someone who's never been to the U.S. Open, what's the coolest thing? Maybe maybe not necessarily watching the matches, but what's what's something kind of cool to give me a feel for the atmosphere there? Well, I always tell people, even if you don't like sports, just come to the U.S. Open because the food is incredible, the drinks, and it's just it's a real social scene. I mean, it is a scene. You get all the celebrities here, especially at night. But if you come during the day, you can buy a grounds pass, and you can watch, especially early in the tournament, about 12 hours of tennis without even having to go into a stadium because there's matches going on all over the ground, singles, doubles, 
And I always also try to impose on people, not impose, but just get the point across to people. If you're on some outside court at the U.S. Open, you're watching two players that maybe the average person hasn't heard of, these are still players probably in the top 100. If you're in the top 100 in Major League Baseball, you're close to an all-star. So you see these world-class athletes, you see how difficult and grinding this sport is, and just that whole thing that it's all around you, it's all encompassing. I think that's what makes this really unique. Thank you, Brian Clark, U.S. Open Radio. We've got a lot to talk about in the upcoming episodes of Quest for Gold. How did USA basketball fare in China? We'll discuss some of the new sports being introduced in Japan. We'll talk to some former Olympians and begin our conversations with some local athletes who have already qualified for the 2020 Games. Listen to Quest for Gold updates every week only on WGNRadio.com.